Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Pull Up a Stump, Surviving and Thriving Life Nowadays. I'm your host, Cassie Pittman, and today I want to talk a bit about, um, like, drinking, how it's portrayed on TV and, like, in the movies, and what it's like in real life, um, and the differences there, and, like, a bit of what led me to become sober. Um... Yeah. So let's just like dive right into it. Okay. So, you know, when you like see drinking in movies and whatnot, like those scenes where, you know, like I'm just going to go off of the last scene that I watched. Okay. So I was on Netflix and I watched that new episode or episode, the new movie or whatever of that 365 series. If you've watched it, you've watched it. If you've not I suggest you watch it. (laughs) That is a spicy show um, or movie. But um, anyway, I was watching it and, you know, whenever the the main character and her girlfriend go out for like a girl's night and like this is portrayed in this way and I swear every single show or movie, but it's like, um, and for some reason, Kate, actually, we're going to touch on that in a moment. I'm going to make a note of it because I will forget. But you know how drinking um, is different portrayed in men versus women as well. Uh, men versus women. I'm legit making a note because um, I tend to trail. So anyway, but yeah, so in this movie girlfriend and her go out for drinks and it's like an all night thing you know like they're bar hopping from club to club to club each club that they're at they're doing like shot after shot after shot um and you know they're still able to like dance and they look presentable and their eyes aren't like foggy or bloodshot you know no one's puking um you know they're not stumbling around making poor choices you know like they just can keep it up. And like, by the end of this, I'm watching this and I'm like, fuck, like these women had to have had like 30 fucking shots. Like, how are you still looking fine and dandy? And then like they portray it too. the next morning, these women wake up and they're like, ready to seize the day, all looking beautiful and posh. And it's like, um, that's not really how it goes. (laughs) um and then yeah so let's just touch on this too like men versus women you know like how many of those movies you know let's let's use hangover like the hangover series as an example you know like the men in movies you know they drink and they do the men's night or the guys night whatever they get all fucked up um and yeah the next day or later that night like one of the guys is like hanging off their bro and they're dragging them into the house and, you know, they don't remember what they did the next morning and they got to like backtrack their steps and blah, blah, blah. And it's funny. It's funny. It's portrayed as funny and like acceptable for men to go out and get fucked up with their bros. But when women go out and we drink, we're still expected to be portrayed as like, We've still got it all together, even though I've drank, like, my fucking body weight in vodka and wine, you know? And the next day, I'm supposed to get up and, like, 
still be sexy, still be able to wear my three-inch stilettos and put my face on. And, you know, men are allowed to be like, what the fuck did I do last night, bro? And it's totally just funny. Um, You know, and what the fuck's up with that? Like, we wonder why. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. I know that there's lots of men out there and it is a epidemic in itself. But, like, there's tons of men out there that don't um come forth with like they realize they have a problem and whatever right but um i'm not a man i don't have a penis so i'm just speaking in the thing like as my opinion as a woman um and a woman that myself has had a drinking problem so that's just you know let's just clarify that before people come at me um but yeah so it's like women in these movies you know it's always fun and dandy and like we're like drinking copious amounts and no one ever looks fucked up like no one ever in the next day picks up their phone and like doesn't remember sending that text or you know doesn't remember handing their phone number out to like whoever and now you have like some weirdo creepo who has your phone number or like you know waking up with like odd bruises on your body um and being like "Uh oh like where the fuck did that one come from especially when you have bruises in places that you're like "Eh, something probably happened for that bruise to be there you know i mean Let's just be real, okay? Like, I'll give you a bit of a backstory before we really dive into this. But, um, yeah, I am 28 and I am sober again. Um, I had had, I had been sober like numerous times in my life. But if I'm being completely honest with you, I kind of just viewed sobriety as like, I just don't pick up the drink. Um, and if I just didn't pick up the drink, then then, you know, I'm good and I'm sober. Um, but this time around in my sobriety, and I can happily say I've been sober for like right now over 250 days solidly. And I was sober like for quite a while right before that one. But, um, I actually trigger warning, I actually suffered, um, a second trimester miscarriage and I kind of lapsed on that. I did like a week, actually, I think it was like two week, like binge, after that miscarriage and then pulled myself out and I've been sober ever since. But, um, anyway, you know, and, uh, my life and alcohol, I was kind of always around it. You know, I have a very, very, very sickly, like alcoholic mother. Uh, my father, I've never seen drunk in his entire life. I've actually only ever seen him drink, like I think twice. Um, but you know, I was raised around it with my mom Um, and my parents are separated. That's one of the reasons they split. And I used to like, like my mom, maybe because of her drinking or just the type of woman she is, like she was like the fun parent or whatever that always let me like get away with anything pretty much. Um, and so I ended up always spending like more time with her. Cause I mean, I was, I was a little rebel and, um, I grew up way too fast. That's another podcast episode, but I grew up very, very quickly. So, you know, by the time I was like 
12 and 13, like, fuck, I lost my virginity at 13 years old, you know? Like, I was doing things at 12 and 13 that I should have been doing at, like, 17 and 18, you know? So, um, like, I remember I would get drunk with my mom at, like, 12, like, with my mom at 12 and 13, you know, smoking cigarettes. Um, and it, like, it was just normal. Like, it was just normal. And especially when you have a parent kind of doing like the exact same thing that you're doing, it is even more viewed as normal. And then of course I, you know, found my little friend group who were all like older than me. Um, and you know, we'd stay up all night, God knows where, like at the freaking community centers and that like drinking and sleeping in fields and, and just, like doing things that I should not have been doing at that age, but, you know, live and learn. And that's something that, um, you know, I think we should make another episode about like things that you did as a child that you will not let your kids do, but, um, you know, live and learn. And that's stuff that I will, um, be very vigilant on, on both my kids. But anyway, um, you know, and I, met a older boy when I was 16. We were together for a long time, like off and on, like nine years. Um, and you know, we, I had my fake ID. He was 18. I was going out clubbing, dropped out of high school at like 16. I was going out clubbing, like doing things not good, you know, and then played like housewife from 18 on. And then like, it was just my life and alcohol were so messy. Like I didn't understand how to kind of separate the two. Like it was, it was an everyday thing. Um, it was an every occasion thing. It was like, you know, if we were going camping, the first idea, like the first thought was like, okay, well we need to get the booze. We were going to like a family barbecue. Okay, well, we need to get the booze. Okay, I just came home from work. Okay, well, I'm going to pour some wine. Okay, well, it's Saturday. Let's like do work in the yard together, which was amazing and fun and I loved it. But like, you know, we'd turn on the music, open the windows and like be doing yard work and playing with dogs in the yard while we were drinking Caesars, you know, like or doing beer bongs. Like I can't even remember how many times my ex and I would just like shoot the shit and hang out in the backyard with the dogs and like do stuff, paint the fence, stain the deck, whatever it is. But we'd like we literally made a beer bong from like Home Depot supplies and we'd be doing that in the afternoon, you know, like and that it just my life was surrounded around alcohol and then you know um I got sober a bit I used to be a bikini competitor and obviously um that lifestyle like prepping for a show and being in the gym and that doesn't really involve alcohol so I um was sober for like that whole thing and then in 2016 I was in a car accident um and I actually rolled my vehicle four times um surprisingly I did not die (laughs) and I didn't really get hurt I had a major concussion and like a brain bleed and shit but whatever um and then after that my drinking picked back up um my ex at the time a different ex than the the beer bong guy but um he ended up leaving me shortly after he couldn't handle it um and it just my drinking picked right back up then kind of just stayed steadily steadily like bad and then um for years. And then in 2019, um, I got pregnant and gave birth to my daughter. And obviously I was sober for the pregnancy. 
Um, and I was sober like for most of her life, you know, like here and there in the beginning, I'd had a couple glasses of wine and then realized like, no, it just doesn't really go. So I just stayed sober. And then towards the end, another episode, but, um, kind of broke down and started drinking again. And then I got sober again and now I'm sober. But anyway, um, so, you know, I know my way around alcohol and what it is. And it's like, my experience with alcohol is absolutely nothing like in the movies. Like, if I'm freaking even six, seven shots deep, you know, and I have a tolerance because I've been drinking for so long. So I'm sure other people are like two shots in, three shots in, like your eyes get fucking glossy, you're stumbling, your words aren't really making sense. You're starting to make some pretty fucking bad decisions. But in the movies, it's like glamorized and it's like girls night means drinking you know like mom life is like oh the kids go down we're gonna drink or like it's like it's it's everywhere and it's viewed as like the glamorous like thing to do and then we wonder why so many women mom or not like try to keep that lifestyle going because it's, it's normalized. Like, you know, and even as someone who's now sober, like I can attest to this, you are viewed more times than not as like the odd one out and like kind of the weirdo when you're sober, especially when you're younger. Like, like I said, I'm 28, I'm going to be 29 this year. And, or I guess next year I'm born in March. Um, but anyway, so it like, you're just, you're like the odd one out and it's really fucking hard to find your like group of people. Um, so I think that that's a huge deterrent for a lot of women in getting sober or at least like drastically cutting down their alcohol consumption is like, okay, well then what am I going to do when I hang out with my friends? You know, like what are, what are we all going to do? Like, are we going to go for brunch and not have mimosas are we gonna go like get our nails done and like not have a glass of wine you know like even fuck even at the nail salon even when you go to the hair salon they're like you know like they'll offer you a drink it's like it's everywhere you know and it's like I often compare alcohol addiction or like beating that or you know whatever to and hear me out like overcoming and dealing with um like a food addiction. Okay. So this is, this is the comparison I make is that, um, you know, let's say you're, you're a meth head or like, you know, your thing is like cocaine or whatever, right? Like a, like a a drug. Um, well more than likely (laughs) you're not like constantly like seeing and being slapped in the face with your addiction. You know, like, it's not like just a casual fucking, over dinner conversation or something that people are pulling out over dinner, like busting a line or something, you know, but like, so not to say it's an easy addiction to get over, but you know, it, it, you're not constantly seeing it. Uh, you're not constantly surrounded by it more times than not, unless you have an odd friend group, um, you know, and it's not like always around. So it can be like easier to ignore it because it's not always around. Whereas like alcohol and food, you know, like, like I said, like you go to dinner 
even at a restaurant, what is already sitting on your table? A wine glass, you know, like, and it's already there. Like people are like expecting you to drink, you know, you have like a family function. Well, more than likely at not, like there's going to be like wine there or something, you know, even fucking at baby showers, there's like the mom station and there's like fucking sangria there. Um, it's like the same with food, you know, like try overcoming a freaking food addiction or like adversion and having to learn to live life when you're constantly surrounded by the thing that's your like crutch. You can't live life without food, you know? So, you know, we're constantly surrounded by alcohol, no matter pretty much where we go. Like, even as, like, I'm a hairstylist as well, and I've had, like, clients bring me a bottle of wine, like, as, like, a thank you or, like, a Christmas gift, you know? Like, it's it's everywhere. Um, and, like, trying to get over that or, like, be the one that has to be, like, no, it's okay, like, thanks, I don't do that. That kind of like stigma towards like, oh, she's got a problem, you know, like it's instantly viewed as like a problem. And like, yeah, it was for me, but I know that there's a lot of other like women out there, my friends, like included that just choose not to drink. Um, you know, I'm not going to name names, but even like one of my best friends, for example, she just chooses like not to really drink anymore. Like I, I last, I don't even think she drinks at all, but if she does, like it's once in a blue moon and we used to drink a lot together. Um, and you know, she never had like a full blown addiction issue. Like she wasn't like me, you know, but definitely heavy in the drinking and decided that it doesn't, it's not like a part of her life anymore. She's made a few very big like life changes in the last year and so. And one of those included like not really drinking. And, you know, I'm sure it's like, oh, she's got a problem. But she doesn't. She never did. She just chooses to not drink. Um, but when it's so normalized and it's like the thing that you're just like expected to do, um, it is instantly viewed. It's like the only fucking drug on earth that you see it all the time on like memes. It's like the only drug on earth that when you don't do it, you're viewed to like have a problem. Like what? Like <laughs> if I tell you like, I don't fucking rail Coke anymore or like I don't shoot up anymore or like whatever. You're like, Oh, good for you. Like you beat that addiction. <laughs> but as soon as I tell you, like, I don't drink anymore. It's like, Oh God. She's got a problem. What? Oh, 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 you know, like, <laughs> and like, we wonder why more and more people are hiding their addiction or are not getting sober. And that, you know, is because we don't want to be viewed like the odd one out or like admit that our drinking can't be kept up like in the fucking movies. Like, <laughs> It's so toxic and like, it's such a problem, but I mean, sex sells and like alcohol sells, you know, like, and especially the way they glamorize it in movies and shows and commercials. It's everybody's around the barbecue. We're all socializing. We've got our cute drinks. We're all cheersing. Everybody's like having a great old time. The kids are in the corner playing, you know, and we're all like hoity-toity we all look great everybody looks happy and healthy and laughing and smiling and like yeah I'm sure drinking is like that for a lot of people but 
if you can't drink like that, um, or if drinking takes like the dark turn that it did for me, like, mm, you're, uh, it's a little bit harder, you know, like, it's just, there's so much wrong with it. And when you're, when you are someone like myself that couldn't drink like that, you know, I was actually, I was just having this conversation with my partner the other day, you know, we were just talking about, um, my sobriety and whatever, and he's not like sober, but, um, he like doesn't drink anymore, you know, like he doesn't like identify as sober or whatever, but he, um, he doesn't really drink anymore because he respects that I don't drink, um, and whatever. So we were talking about it. And I was saying to him, I'm like, you know, one of the biggest differences in this time in my sobriety and the other times I've gotten sober is that I kind of always questioned the other times, like when I was sober being like, "Mm, like, is this really going to be like a forever, a forever thing? Or like, like I probably drink again, you know, like one day or something like that. Whereas this time around, I'm like, no, like, I legitimately don't feel the need to, like, drink again. Um, And I was telling him, I'm like, you know, for me, the best way that I always kind of questioned my sobriety and the way that I would describe it, or, like, my drinking, was that I never really, like, had a full-on issue, like, avoiding the alcohol okay like yeah when things got tough and stuff and I wanted to drink but I'm just saying like as a regular basis like if I just didn't drink and it wasn't like something that we were doing or I was doing like it was okay but it's like once I started I couldn't stop and I'm not necessarily just referring to like that day like that bottle like finishing that bottle I mean like all of a sudden like one day of drinking would turn into like three days of drinking. And then I realized I've been drinking for the whole week. And then all of a sudden I like realized I haven't really not drank for like six months. And then all of a sudden it's been like a year and I've probably not drank like three days, you know? And so for me, it's just better to just not. Um, And I don't think I've ever actually said that to him before. And when I like said that he was kind of like, Oh (laughs) yeah, probably best that you just, you know, don't. Um, But, like, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, but it's, like, um, when you're that type of drinker, it's so hard to kind of, like, make that connection and realize that, like, no. And you're not necessarily the weird one out. Like, it's just the way it's, it's sold in movies and shows and commercials because, like, that's what sells, right? But... If you are a drinker like I was, you know, there's no shame in it, right? Like, not everybody can run a fucking 10K marathon. Not everybody can, like, you know, make it to the fucking top of the corporate ladder. Not everybody can do everything. And not everybody can drink the way they do in movies and shows. Like, you know, some of us just don't like we can't um and it was something that I kind of knew my whole life like I was I would always be like like I've always I'm very I'm a very smart girl and I'm like totally okay like tooting that horn you know I am very intelligent and um I always recognize that in myself like I can't even tell you how many times in my life from like 
young, young to like, you know, when I was drinking last, like after the next day or whatever, I'd sit there and be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why can, you know, Sarah, whatever, get up and the next day and just be like, yeah, that was a fun night of drinking and like beat the hangover and then move on with life and like not think about drinking again until like maybe Christmas or something. Whereas me, I wake up and I'm like, oh, like I got to go get some more um, because like I don't feel good or like because I just want to ride this train. Um, And I realized that a lot of it was I wasn't dealing with like why I drank, you know, like, yeah, I cannot pick it up for a long time and be fine. But like, why, when I start, don't I, can I not stop? And it's because my body was riding that like dopamine train from the drinking. And it gave me a sense of like, I didn't have to think I was more fun. You know, I deal with a lot of anxiety. And when I'd be drinking, of course, you don't fucking feel anxious. Um, And, you know, I, I didn't have to think anymore. I didn't have to feel anymore. I didn't have to remember anymore. And I got to just like be this like carefree version of me, which I never get to be. Um, and you know, or when I would pick it up because I was stressed, like then I wasn't thinking about what I was stressed about anymore. But then you wake up the next morning, you feel like a bag of dicks. Um, and then your freaking anxiety is like 10 times more than your normal anxiety. And so what do you do? You fucking pick it up and you keep going. Um, that they don't, they don't show that part in the movies. They don't show that part in the commercials. No, you know, and like how the fuck are people supposed to make these connections towards like my drinking is not okay and like the people in the movies are fake when you're constantly like you're just you just see it as normal like how are we supposed to step back until you fucking hit like your bottom and then all of a sudden you realize like hmm (laughs) I should probably reevaluate my drinking because um yeah, I don't, I don't drink like that. I drink like this and this is going to be a bad thing if I continue, you know, like it's just, I mean, I talk a lot about like, especially like the mom culture surrounding alcohol. Like I can't remember exactly what brand it is. And I'm not going to like throw any brands under the freaking table on here, but like it was a brand of like coolers or whatever they're called. I don't know. Like what are like the what's the proper name for like the, those Trulies or whatever, like those, like, I think it's a cooler, right? So anyway, but it was like a brand of those and like right on the, it was like a variety pack and like right on the box, it was like completely labeled towards mothers. Like it was like mom, mom's night out or mom's fucking whatever. And it's like, what? Like now we're even like, bringing it into motherhood. So, you know, before it's always shown as like the fun party thing that you do and like the girls night out thing. Well, that separates you from your, your life as, you know, whether you're a mom or, you know, 
like your day-to-day -day life, that that's a separation in there, right? It's viewed as like something you do when you're letting loose. But now we're bringing alcohol into directly into your life as a mother. It's now viewed as something normal that like moms do to like what put up with our kids or like survive our kids or whatever, you know, like, and I get that there's like some humor in it sometimes like, you know, oh my God, like the kids go to bed. I got to fucking pop that bottle or whatever. But it's like, when does it stop being funny? And when does it start being dangerous? And when does it start to be an issue? When you can't separate your day-to-day -day normal life with your time that it's supposed to be like your, your fun time or like your checkout time. You know, like, I mean, even when I was drinking, like I used to always envision and want to be and like, get this, okay? Like, now that I'm sober, I'm like, no, this is who I want to be. This is the type of mom I want to be. This is the type of Cassie I want to be, whatever. But back when I was, like, I used to fantasize about being a certain type of drinker. Like, I used to fantasize about, oh, you know, like, on camping trips, having my little, like, mini cooler stocked with, like, a variety of fun, cute, tasty coolers. And being able to just, like, do that on a camping trip or, like, being able to, I used to fantasize, like, about getting all dolled up with my sexy fucking husband and, like, going out and, like, to a fancy restaurant and me just looking absolute fucking banging and then just enjoying this, like, luxurious bottle of wine and coming back and having this, like, super fucking hot, steamy sex and it's like, yeah, that didn't happen because more times than not, like we'd get dressed up, look hot and drink too much, come back, have sloppy sex or sex I didn't even remember having. And yeah, that, that, that didn't really line up, you know, or camping would turn into waking up and there's like crushed cans all over the site, you know, like there's someone's puked over there. You don't really remember, like, the end of the night, you know? And it's just, like, I used to fantasize about being a type of drinker because that's all I saw was all these people, like, being able to drink appropriately. And, like, instead of being, like, oh, I know, like, I, I have a problem. I can't drink like that. I need to be sober. I was, like, no, I need to be that type of drinker. Like, what kind of person fantasizes about being, like, that type of crackhead? Like, that type of fucking meth addict. Like, that type of pothead, whatever. You don't fantasize about being that type. But, like, I was legitimately, and I know I'm not the only one out there, that fantasized about being able to be that type of drinker because being that type of drinker seemed more comfortable and seemed more socially acceptable and seemed more like the right thing to do than to just get sober. What do you see what's wrong there? Like what? <laughs> and I mean, it got so much worse. Like when I moved away from my hometown, like I'm, I'm not like from a town, I guess I'm from a city. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm from like Alberta and it's like a farm town, whatever. And then I moved away and I lived in 
Kelowna, British Columbia for many, many, many years in my like formative young adult years where I was, you know, and Kelowna is through and through. It is a fucking party town. If you're not doing coke or you're not getting drunk, you are like a nobody. Like everybody, that's just it. Like, you know, like I don't even, I can't even count how many times I would like see moms like at the playground after I became a mom, um, go to the playground and moms are like doing the fucking, what's that guy from Scarface, whatever his name is, the fucking, like, like the little spoon at the park, bumping bumps at the park while the kids are playing. Like, and that was normal. And these are like Richie Rich moms, not like ghetto fucking trashy. This is like Richie Rich. And that was normal, you know, or like they would leave the kids with like a nanny or whatever to go on like some old man's boat or fucking even some super hot guy's boat and just drink. Like it was so normalized. And I remember I really struggled with my sobriety while I was in that town because you were truly the odd one out. And I mean, not to say anything, like, I'm not trying, like, I don't even know if I should say this, but, um, you know, I had gone to a couple meetings cause I did try the whole like AANA thing. Um, and this is a whole other thing, but I am not AANA sober girl. Okay. Um, I just, I'm not, um, and, but even like, like the types of people that were in that meeting. And I don't know if it was just that one or if that's how they all are. So I don't know, you know, but like, that's why I think like the types of people that were in those meetings, not all of them, of course, but like were like the stereotypical people that have a problem. Um, and so that's why I think like, I mean, I never wanted to go to meetings in the beginning because it was like, no, like I'm young, I'm like healthy and active. And like, I haven't fucking sat on the side of a street with my vodka bottle and a brown paper bag. Like I don't need a meeting. Those are the types of people that need meetings. And sure as shit, when I went to the meetings, that's the type of people that were there. And you know, I didn't want to go because I don't want to be around those types of people. But Um, you know, like that, all these things, like they don't breed a very welcoming environment for sobriety. And like, honestly, like I think a lot of it has to do with back to mainstream media. Like it's like, it's either the fucking make a break of so many different things, you know, like we see women that look a certain way on TV, we want to look that way. We see men that like look a certain way and that's who we want as our fucking husband. You know, like we see kids act a certain way, dress a certain way. And that's how we think our kids should act. We see like people making meals that look this way and that's how we should cook. Well, we see people drink a certain way on television and that's how we think we should be able to drink. So instead of being like, no, I got a fucking problem. I need to get sober. We're just like, I need drink like that. That's normal. No, you know what's fucking normal? Is being like, (laughs) I can't drink. I need to not drink. 
Because if you can't drink like that, you shouldn't be fucking drinking, okay? Like, let's be real here, okay? Drinking every day is not normal. I don't care if you are having a glass of wine every single night. Like, and you feel the need to do that. Or if you drink a bottle of wine or you're fucking blacking out, I don't know, whatever, right? Drinking every single day is not fucking normal. Especially when it's like you need to. Like you come home and like your first instinct is like to pour a glass. And like that's what I was raised around. Like my mom, I every single day, with like fucking clockwork. I'm sure I haven't spoken to her since years but I'm sure it's the same um you know like comes home from work puts her bag down puts her like shit in the kitchen to do her thing goes to her room changes out of her work clothes puts her pajamas on goes outside has a cigarette because she doesn't smoke she never smoked at work she smoked my entire life but never smoked at work so then she'd go outside have a cigarette come inside And the bottle of wine would be cracked for the evening. That was her daily routine. Probably still is. And like, that's not normal. But that was my normal because that's all I ever fucking saw. And I still saw her like get up and go to work every day. I mean, fuck, there was times I think more when she was sicker than more like normal when... There were times when I saw a Caesar replace a cup of coffee in the morning. And even then I was like, ooh, (laughs) that's not good. Um, But did it stop us from enjoying wine together that evening? No, absolutely not. Like it got so bad. Like my fucking liquor store down the road from the house, my liquor store guy added me on Facebook and like knew knew me. Like when I would go in and like if my wine that I drank – Cause that was my thing was wine. If it wasn't there, like they were out or like the shipment hadn't come in, whatever. Cause I fucking drank them out. <laughs> um, it's funny to laugh about it now. Okay. At the time. Um, but he'd be like, Oh, yours is not here. You know, you want to try something else? You're like, hi, Cassie. Like we like almost became buddies. That's not normal. <laughs> like, but at the time, because it was something I saw every day, At that point, like those points where I'm talking about, that was before I became a mom. Um, But, you know, I didn't have, I still got up and went to work. I still had my car. I still had a house. I still took care of my, excuse me, my dog. I still went to the gym. But there was like this deep, dark, secret life of mine that I fucking couldn't put down the drink and then you watch movies and like while you're drinking you're seeing these women glamorize drinking and I can't even tell you how many times like the thought crossed my mind even when I knew I was like really fucking bad and I should stop drinking I would think to myself like oh man but like who am I gonna hang out with anymore like what am I gonna do anymore Like, what am I going to do after work? Or, like, how am I ever going to go on, like, a Tinder date and not drink? 
I should probably, I can't stop. Like, you know, and I remember too, like the couple times when I was like trying to get sober and then I would go on like a Tinder date and I would be too nervous to like tell that person that like I don't drink or I'm trying not to drink or whatever. And so then I would drink at the dinner, you know, and then on my way home from that fucking dinner, I would grab a bottle of wine and come home and drink. Because the fear of telling someone that like, no, I don't drink was scarier to me than the thought of like actually stopping. And maybe, like, maybe subconsciously it was partially because, like, I knew I would have to admit to some really fucked up shit and I would have to, like, dig into some pretty dark fucking demons that obviously I've been trying to outdrink since I was, like, 11 years old, you know? And that's exactly it. It was, I have a lot of demons. A lot, a lot of demons. You know, I'm a very, very, very deep person when you really, really get into it. And that was a lot of demons that I was trying to outdrink. And it was exactly that. And why is it, why is the thought of getting sober scarier than the thought of continuing the behavior that I was, you know, like to the point where like I'd wake up in the morning sometimes especially like in my worst times of drinking and I could like legitimately feel it in my fucking kidneys, like in the back, like your kidneys are located. (laughs) So if you are a drinker and you feel a pain here, it's probably your fucking kidneys. Okay. If you hold your hands on your ribs on either side and you push your hands back into your back at the base of your ribs back there in behind there, that's your fucking kidneys. And I would wake up with like aching, stabbing pain there. My kidneys were legitimately fucking telling me like, girl, you got to slow down or stop because like we're going to fail here. And like, luckily I'm a very, even when I was like crazy addicted. Okay. Like I was still a very healthy person. I, I love eating healthy and working out and like that. So like, see how it was like a double life. Like, so that's probably the only reason my body didn't fucking completely shit the bed was because besides the drinking, I did like take care of it. You know, I was always taking my proper vitamins and I was working out and I was, you know, eating super healthy and I like eating, you know, it's probably the only reason my body did not shit the bed. Um, you know, but I would legitimately feel it like in my fucking kidneys and I would sit there and be like, Oh God, this is bad. But instead of being like, yeah, today's the last day I'm going to drink. Like, I'm going to go get help. I was like, okay, I got to go to the liquor store and I got to like tap, like top this off so that I don't feel this way anymore. And like drinking made me feel normal. And like, that's a scary fucking thing. Why don't they talk about that or show that in movies? No, it's always like, it's glamorized and it's shown to be normal and it's the thing that you do when you socialize and it's the thing that you do when you win at life and it's the thing that you do when you lose at life and it's the thing that you do when your kids do something great or it's the thing that you do 
when you're celebrating a milestone and whatever. And it's like, we need to like talk about and show the real side of drinking because how it's portrayed in society is not, or like in movies and like in mainstream society is not how drinking is for, I believe a much larger portion of society than what we even think because too many people are scared. And like, I know this firsthand because since I have been very vocal on my, about my, like I, I talk about my fucking sobriety to anybody and anything. I talk about it on my social media. I, you know, anything. I'm not afraid to tell anybody anymore. If anything, I'm really fucking proud of my sobriety and I'll shout it from the fucking rooftops. Especially after the year that I've been through now. And if I could be sober through this fucking year, this has been the hardest year of my life. And I have remained sober in it. And like, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll yell it from the top of the Calgary fucking tower. Um, but anyway, you know, I've had people reach out to me on like social media and be like, thank you for telling your story. Like I'm struggling too. And I'm scared to talk about it. I'm scared to tell anyone. I'm scared to tell my husband. I'm scared to tell my wife. And like, I think that there's a larger I, like, can pretty fucking confidently say that there's probably more people in your day-to-day life or even, like, on earth, in your fucking neighborhood, whatever, that drink like how I drank than drink how they do in the movies. Like, and more and more people are realizing it, like, younger and younger. Like, I know, I used to work with a girl, and I know her firsthand. She's, like, early 20s, and got sober because she realized, you know, like it's becoming more normalized, thankfully ish. I wouldn't even go as far as to say normalized. Actually, it's becoming more talked about. So I think more people are getting more comfortable in, um, admitting that they need help and, and doing something about it. But I think that we need to talk more about like the real fucking side of drinking and coming true, like forth with our real shit. Like, I'll fucking tell anything about my story. Like, I I have a very, very, very dark past with drinking. Like, I have legitimately probably almost died more times than I can count, you know, from being fucking blackout wasted and, like, falling down entire sets of stairs and smashing my head on, like, a concrete wall. Like, what? You know, like... My car accident, for example, that one I was extremely hungover, and I'm sure that probably had something to do with my reaction time in the whole situation. Had I not been hungover, I probably would have reacted differently to the situation that caused me to flip my car, and maybe I wouldn't have flipped my car, you know? Um, I have been hospitalized for my drinking. I have... It's, it's like not a good thing, you know, like I have legitimately sat there the next day, obviously withdrawing from alcohol. You know, you get the shakes, you're freaking sweating, you're like cold, but you're sweating like bullets, you know, like I'm legitimately going through withdrawals, which you hear it all the time. Like alcohol withdrawals can be more dangerous or just as dangerous as like withdrawing from or withdrawing, withdrawing, I don't know, from like meth that can legitimately kill you and put your body in such a state of shock 
that like your body just shuts down and dies. And I've legitimately been there in the bed the next day withdrawing more times because I just didn't have the money to go buy another bottle, not because I was choosing to be sober. Um, and I would be shaking and I was puking and I was sweating and I'm like, I think I'm going to fucking die. Like I, I was like, I don't even know how many times I've like been like, I think this might be it. Like, you know, your heart's racing, your heart feels like it's skipping a beat. Like it's, you know, it's bad. Like it was so bad. Like even for example, my now partner's uh, aunt, (laughs) she thought, made a comment that I was like a meth head because she saw me shaking and I'm like, "Mm." obviously I didn't say this to her. I didn't even know that she said it until I wasn't around her anymore. But, um, I later found out and I'm like, actually, you just saw me fucking withdrawing from a heavy night of drinking and I didn't have any more alcohol. So no, I'm not a meth head. I was just an alcoholic, but you know, thanks for, if the shoe fits, you know, um, and it took so long because, you know, I also, I thought I had to go to AA. I thought I had to go to NA. And then when I tried to do those things and they didn't work for me because it's fine to say like, it doesn't work for everyone. Okay. Like my experience and, oh my God, I've gotten so much like flack for this, but whatever, I don't give a shit. My experience with NA and AA was that for me, it was a very like God-based program. And I am not, I don't believe in God. Um, I believe in a higher power. I'm very, I'm a very spiritual person, but I am not at all religious and I do not believe in God. Um, And when I'm being told like surrender to your addiction and, you know, tell God that you're sorry and you're fucking all your addiction will be gone (laughs) was basically all I was getting out of that was like, and it didn't work. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm so fucked up that AA and NA doesn't even work for me. But no, just that style of recovery didn't work for me. I did what's called the SMART program. Um, And it is more based on, it is all based on like rewriting like your fucking brain. And like, it's like a, it's more sciency and like the actual like cognitive fucking shit that happens when you're an alcoholic or like drinking or an addict. Cause I think smart, I think you can use smart for like alcohol or drugs too. But anyway, um, and just to be clear, the reason I tried NA is because NA does recognize alcohol as a drug. I didn't never, I've never had like a drug issue. Um, it's just been an alcohol issue, but anyway. Um, but you know, so I did the smart program and you know really dialing into like why your brain is wired like that you know through these years and years of addiction you have rewired your brain in such a way here's how we're going to rewire it back you know really deep diving into that and that's what worked for me that and a lot of fucking therapy and a lot of deep dark honest embarrassing um, stories like, or like recognition within myself and being like, just remembering things. And sometimes I don't even fucking remember it, you know, like obviously I drank it to an oblivion, but 
there was, there's been some conversations that have gone on in my head with myself while talking about this that I'm like, fuck, that's bad. Like if I saw, if I, if my friend came to me and told me that, or like I witnessed that or something, I'd be like, yo, that person's fucked up. They need help. They need to be sober. But for me, you know, I never saw that. Like if, if I did have anybody in my life that, and I can think of one person in particular that, you know, saw maybe that there was a problem. And I don't even think that they necessarily saw that, like, I had a problem because when it was convenient and when it was fine, they would drink with me or, like, not tell me not to drink. But then when, you know, it, it's a fucking narcissist thing. But then when they lost control and I so happened to be drinking during that time, then it was a problem, you know? But, um, the, you know, it, there was a lot of shaming me into being sober. It wasn't like supporting me into being sober. It was not like, okay, yeah, like let's hear why. And like, let's talk this out and get you help. And like, I get it, babe, blah, blah, blah. It was like, it was, you're fucked up. I literally was told like, you're too fucked up. You know, at one point they fucking tried to like intervention me. Um, and then the only, like, and I'm like, dude, I don't need a fucking intervention. Like, you know, it was literally like a three day binge. And now you and your fucking crazy family are sitting me down to like at a fucking kitchen table trying to intervention me. No, you fucking narcissist. Like pull your head out of your ass and realize that you're fucking at this point, like 80% of the reason I'm drinking, like fuck. But anyway, you know, like it was, it was shamed into wanting or like needing to be sober instead of being fully supported. And, you know, there was a lot of cutting people out of my life. That's a large, large, large reason why I no longer speak to my mother. Because I know that every single time I let her back in my life, my life falls apart. Because she's calling me intoxicated and I feel guilty and, I, you know, I focus more on that. Or, like, if we ever hang out, then I'm sucked into drinking again or you know, like the stuff, like it's just better for her to just not be in my life at all. And yeah, some days it's hard, especially when I became a mom. Um, you know, she's never met her grandchild and she'll never meet this one. And, you know, and it's, it's hard sometimes I like, yeah. Do I sometimes wish I could like call my mom and ask for help or like talk to my mom or, relate to my mom and like mom's stories or, or like be like, did I do that as a kid? But when I look at the negatives to the positives, it's better to not have her in my life. And I had to do that with her and numerous other people and going forth really hold that true. Like, and I think it confuses the fuck out of my partner now because he has like, he has no idea how to make boundaries. He will let someone walk all over him. And, you know, he doesn't know how to like, lack of a better term, like grow a set and like, be like, no, you're being a disrespectful bitch. You're disrespecting me. You're disrespecting my wife. You're just, you know, goodbye. He doesn't know how to do that. So, um, you know, but even going forth, I hold that true in every single aspect of my life. Like I do not give a fuck who you are if we are related or if you have like given me the shirt off your back at one point, if you are now 
like toxic or you have toxic behaviors that I try to avoid or you are like not a good fucking human that I deem it and I don't have to fucking explain why because that is my boundary and that is something that I uphold to keep myself sane, to keep myself sober. Like my circle is smaller than ever because literally like the first fucking whiff of like toxicity or disrespect or narcissism or anything like I will kick you to the curb fast, faster than you can blink an eye. And I will not let you back in my life because letting that happen threatens me and my sobriety and threatens me and my peace and threatens me and the amount of work that I've done. So, like, I really don't care if it hurts your feelings. Like, I withhold my peace and my sobriety higher than your fucking feelings. Because I will not let myself get back there. And that's that's a lot of, like, how I got and stayed sober. And, like, yeah, that's hard in the beginning. And I think that that's a lot of the reason why, or a big reason, too, why people go back. Because truly like if you truly have an issue and you truly need to get sober and stay sober like there's a lot of fucking hard steps to get there and stay there and they are very hard to do they are very hard to uphold they are very hard to confront and be honest about and when you're like it takes a lot, you know? So when you're confronted with this and it's too hard, it is easier sometimes to like go back, you know? Because then you don't have to face these demons. You don't have to face these fears. You don't have to uphold these boundaries and hurt these people's feelings and whatever. But let me tell you the fucking peace that comes from it. Like it's still a struggle. Like I'm not going to lie. I mean, I still, still, um, have days where it's like fuck like I wish my life was just easier like I wish I didn't have to be this way sometimes but my life is freaking a million times better since I've gotten sober and stayed sober and I know it's just beginning um and it's just gonna get better and better and better you know and I'll meet more people that are sober and you know all these things than my life was when I was drinking. Like, my life was fucking chaos. Yeah, sure, sometimes it seemed like a blast. And it was carefree and it was a blast. And, you know, you, like, I have so many funny, fucked up stories, like, from my time drinking. But at the end of the day, like, my life sober as a whole, even though it's hard sometimes and I've had to break hearts and fucking all that, you know, like it's a, it's so much fucking better. And like, do I still get jealous when, you know, like when I watched that movie that I told you about at the beginning when I was watching 365 and that girl was like out having a good old grand time with her girlfriend and like, no, 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 Is there still like a part of me that gets jealous? Yes. Will that ever go away? Who knows? But, like, is there a part of me that does get jealous in that? Yes, absolutely. You know, like, even I check my social media and, you know, I see another mom at the campsite with, like, her little cooler packed with her, like, her coolers and, you know, she can sit there with her husband and, like, have a drink. Like, yeah, do I get jealous of that sometimes? Yeah. But 
would I ever go back? Absolutely not. And do I view that like the bigger picture and like how my life now is better than that? Like in that little bit of jealousy, it's like, yeah, I'm jealous and like whatever, but it, the good of like being sober far outweighs this jealousy. And I just hope that like more and more people start to make this recognition because I couldn't make that recognition way back when. And it, I think to make that recognition, you need to live the life, you know, like you need to be sober and see the other side of it. Like the grass is greener on the other side, you know, um, the grass is greener where you fucking water it. And I was not watering my sober side. And now that I've watered my sober side and I continue to water my sober side, more and more and more like my life is just becoming exponentially better regardless of how society tells me how good like or mainstream like fucking whatever tells me how good drinking is and how fun drinking is and how yummy these drinks are and blah 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 blah. no no my life is so much fucking better sober And, like, there's so many more companies nowadays that are coming out with, like, mocktails and non-alcoholic, like, spirits. Like, we have in our cabinet downstairs, we have a rum and a whiskey alternative from a company called Ritual. And, I mean, sometimes I can drink it, sometimes I can't. Sometimes it, it, like, triggers me and I just don't. Um, you know, or like my, honestly, like my nutritionist side kicks in and I'm like, is it really even worth like the calories if I'm not getting like the fucking drunk from it? You know? So I'm just like, oh, whatever. I just don't. And I like my, my bubbly water and whatever, but you know, or there's like, um, another company that I actually want to try and, um, they make like mocktail, uh, Moscow mules and like stuff like that. You know, like just like, we're not just secluded to like water anymore as a sober person there's so many more options like in my pantry right now I have five different cases of different flavors of bubbly water and I mix that with like a little bit of like the water enhancer squirters sometimes and some ice and make these like yummy like waters and they're great you know we're not just like oh you only have to drink water for the rest of your life now because you're a boring sober person like no uh, no and you know how many times i get to like now like enjoy sunsets and like actually remember like sunsets and like sunrises and this and i get to seize like any time of the day and i get to be there like for my kids At any point in time, you know, I get to be there for myself. I, like, make myself so fucking proud. Like, I get to do things. Like, I've accomplished things in my life that I could have never accomplished if my mind was just, like, consumed by alcohol all the time. Like, this, this, like, stigma and then this normalization of alcohol. Like, we really need to start working towards, like, ending it, you know? And a lot of it is just more and more people need to talk about it. More and more people need to, like, show that, like, sobriety is not this, like, stigma. You don't need to be this, like, homeless person on the corner of the street, like, scumming for change to go buy, like, a Mickey of fucking, 
$9 vodka that tastes like battery acid to like freaking be a sober person. Like, and even if you can drink, like, the way that they drink in movies or whatever, maybe try being sober for a bit and, like, see that if it's just completely cut out of your life, like, look how much better it is, you know? Like, and, I mean, I don't think everybody needs to be sober, and I don't preach everybody to be sober. Like, I still, I have friends still that drink on occasion. I have zero friends now in my life and I zero associate with anybody who drinks heavily. Um, because we just don't fucking see eye to eye anymore. Um, and I just choose to not associate with those types of people anymore. Um, but you know, I do have friends that drink on a blue moon and that's fine. They just don't, I just don't go around them when they're really drinking. And I have been around people who drink, you know, since being sober. Um, but it's just, I choose not to be, um, for, you know, just comfortability as well as, like, just, it's, like, you know, drunk people and sober people are on, like, different wavelengths. And it's not fun for me anymore to, like, see this person, like, talking out their ass or, like, being a fool or stumbling or, like, you know, being, like, rambunctious or, like, just being whatever like that they act when they're drunk to me I'm just like that's fucking unattractive and weird and gross and I just don't want to be around you um so you know but I mean I don't think everybody needs to be sober and I'm not that sober person like that fucking preaches it from the rooftop and thinks that everybody should but um if you have fucking questions about being sober or you're interested in being sober you better like think I'm gonna talk your ear off because <laughs> I truly believe that sober life is a gift. And if you are able to get past that first, in all honesty, I think the first six months are like, if you, yeah, probably like four to six months is the hardest fucking point. Because like the first little while you're basically just like detoxing. So your body fucking feels like a bag of dicks and you just got to fight that because it's like, and it's like that first initial like first response that you need to break through because in that in the very first like couple months your brain is still like hardwired to be like stressed got a drink you know happy got a drink uh just got home from work got a drink just put the kid like that normal like that habitual side of drinking that you need to break and that doesn't just break overnight right so that's kind of the first few months is like your body feels like a bag of dicks because you're actually like detoxing from it and then you have to break the habit and then as your mind starts to clear up and, you know, whatever, then you can start to, like, really work a program, whichever one you want, or don't work. I don't know if you can do it without one. I mean, I tried. I failed. Um, but then you can really start to focus on it. And um, that's when you start to, like, dig deep into the nitty gritties of it. And that's fucking hard to deal with. And I think that that's where a lot of people and that's where I did in the past, like failed, you know, because you don't, you're not ready for that type of self-realization. You're not ready to like confront people and cut them off or you're not ready to remember stories that you have buried for a long time. You know, you're not ready to like tell people that you're not drinking. So once you get past those first like four to six months, that's when, like, really, in my opinion, like, 
you start to feel solid in this writing, that's when you really start to like see the gifts. In the beginning, it just seems like work. And then eventually your work pays off and then you sit there and you're like, oh my God, this is what all the sober people were talking about. Um, and then you, you know, it feels good and you continue to live life like that. And whether you are somebody who, you know, stays sober for like five years and then goes back in moderation or whether you're someone who just stays sober forever and that just like kind of becomes the new you. That's up to you and only you can tell you, only you can make that decision. You know, nobody should pressure you into one way or the other. That's your decision and your decision only. Um, and whatever decision you choose, like, just make sure it's the best one for you. Um, and the best one for, if you have a family, you know, best one for your kids. But I think that your kids should be the only other opinion that you should put over yourself. In all honesty, like even I'm not married or anything. I don't know if I ever would get married. Um, I mean, I'm engaged, but it may just be one of those ones that stays engaged forever. But, um, you know, I if my husband was telling me something. I sometimes still couldn't care less about his opinion, but if my kids tell me something, that's the only other opinion that I would hold over my own. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, like that that's your choice that you got to make and which way that you want to go. Um, but I think your first step is, you know, realizing that, yeah, how they show it in movies and shows and commercials is not real life drinking and real life drinking is sometimes fucking scary. It's dangerous. It's unhealthy. It's, it'll fuck your life right up. And it's a toxin in your fucking body. Like, that's what being drunk is. That feeling of being drunk is literally your body being, like, poisoned at a low level. That's that feeling that we feel. You know? And that's why some people, like, react to alcohol. Because their body, like, you know, for one way or the other, just isn't, like, doesn't process alcohol properly. And, like, that's why, you know, some people, like, break out in rash or they get red or whatever, right? But it's because your body is literally, like, being poisoned at a low level. And that's why we feel drunk. And that's why your fucking kidney and your livers and shit, like, or your livers, your kidneys and your liver um, go into, like, overdrive and failure and shit when you're a heavy alcoholic is because, you know, it can't keep up with the fucking poison, Simple as that. And then mainstream media like normalizes poisoning ourselves on a day-to-day basis or like as something that we should be doing or something that's fun. And then we wonder why fucking people are dying left, right, and center from like liver failure, like going on dialysis and shit or like, you know, whatever, suffering with a, with a alcohol issue forever. Because we're viewed as like the fucking fuck ups and because we can't drink like that. And it becomes a problem. And then you become the weird one when you don't. Oh, in case you haven't noticed, I could go on forever about this. This stuff is uh, very, very true to my heart. And I'm sure we will do more episodes on this. Um, because in case you haven't noticed, my sobriety is a large part of my life. 
Um, and I would love to get other people on here that are sober um, and talk to them about their sobriety. Like, I would love that. Um, but I think that that's pretty much all for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So I hope that you uh, related to something in this. And I hope that if you are struggling with alcohol, um, reach out. And, you know, my social media, I'm, I'm always willing to talk to somebody about it. Um, I know some things to point people in the right direction. But, um, you know, just it's scary, but you can do it. You know, even if you just tell one person, if you just tell your best friend or just tell your, even if you just fucking tell yourself in the mirror, like just look at yourself in the mirror. And if you legitimately think you have a problem, like tell you, like tell that child in you, tell that version in you that wants you to be better. Tell you, just look at yourself in the mirror and be like, Cassie, I think we have a problem. I think we need to fix this you know, or like tell someone that you care about and just be like, look, babe or whatever. I think I have a problem and I need your help. That is the most powerful fucking words as someone with a problem is I think I have a problem and I need your help. And those words right there can fucking skyrocket you into another dimension of your life if you are willing to put in the work and you are willing and you know able to really work it and and fix it it's not easy it's not glamorous it's not always fun but you get on the other end and you can't imagine going back and I promise that so just look and I think I have a problem and I need your help. There you go. It's my last word of advice for this episode. <laughs> so I hope that you guys all have a freaking fantastic day. Don't forget, move your body, drink your water, do your positive affirmations. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Um, have a great day, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Pull Up a Stump. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next episode. Bye.